come in with the energy of service and gratitude, what are they going to get out of it? Because that's what everyone thinks. And if we just come with our wants and needs and desires, so is the other person. And that's what we got to think about. Hey, ladies, welcome to season three of B3 Podcast, Boss Babies and Bottles. And for those of you that are new here, my name is Jessica with a Y. I'm a twin mom, wedding and event planner, entrepreneur. And for today, your drinking buddy. May that be coffee or wine, depending on the time of day. Here I get real with you and talk about all things mom life, building your business, and event planning. What I've loved most about my first two seasons with you guys is that I've gotten to meet some amazing women and moms that are just like me, just trying to do their best in life. I've also been able to get super real with you all on my life and motherhood in general. So join me this season as I go through the twins' first birthday and what it's like to be a mom of twin free toddlers. I'll also be having some amazing special guests and going through some of my best wedding planning stories too. So grab your favorite bottle or drink and let's get this party started. Welcome to today's episode of Boss Babies and Bottles. Today we're joined by the amazing Miss Stephanie Heller. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah. So ladies, Stephanie has a way with kind of just zeroing in on your bullshit and showing you how you're creating it and then pulling a plan together to change it. So she does this daily for business owners to stop overthinking and making simple decisions so that you can add, of course, money in your pocket, experience possibilities, and just feel better uh, all around with life. So um, she had an early midlife crisis, as most of us do, uh, Mm -hmm. with a career change in her 30s, which just kind of led her to move across the country from New York City to Scottsdale uh, and enroll in the Cordon Bleu Culinary Program. And so she just started a ripe professional, uh, ripe professional chef services in her home. She's a personal chef. She services cook daily and weekly meals for boutique dinners and parties. So uh, just does it all really. And uh, in almost the same industry as I am. So I'm super excited about it. So growing company to her mid six figures, she had eight chefs cooking under her and guys, literally it was just the experience and a huge life learn uh, life learned lesson for her. So she does have her B in psychology and from Boston university. So I am super excited to have her here with us today. And we are chatting about the most important, how to get what you want. And so super excited to talk about this because I think that's what a lot of people have issues with. Like they have their ideas of what they want, how to get there. And Mm -hmm. so that's what we're talking about today. But before, of course, as always, Stephanie, tell us more about you. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. When I listen to that bio, I'm always like, wow, that's so cool. Like I realized (laughs) like that's me. But um, yeah, all that's true. And I actually sold half my personal shelf business and closed half of it in the last year to do business and life coaching full-time, which I was Mm -hmm. doing a little bit before when I owned that business for about three years, coaching Mm -hmm. personal chefs, but now I've opened it up to women in business who just want to get what they want out of life and enjoy doing it. So that's what I do full-time now. And yes, I live in Scottsdale, which is very different than New York City. I can't even imagine. <laughs> As you can, exactly. Um, it's like 100 degrees here already, and it's like mid-May. So, yeah. No, thank you. Not yeah, that exactly. Miami is any, any, any cooler. The humidity makes you feel like you're drowning outside. Right. But, you know, you're fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. That's crazy. So I'm super excited. So let's, I mean, let's just dive right in and tell us how do we get what we want without sounding like a bossy bitch, right? Because everybody says women all sound the same. And anytime mm. we try to demand what we want, everyone just kind of goes in the wrong direction with this. And I personally think that I'm just, you know, affirmative and I'm just, you know, telling people what I want. So tell, tell us. Yeah, that's the key. The first thing is when I, when clients come to me and they always feel like a bitch and they feel like they can't ever really get what they want. We always go into first, are you ultra clear with what exactly you want? Mm -hmm. You have it in your head and you see it as like a vision or what you want, but then we have to translate that into words Mm -hmm. and especially words that people will understand and be able to act on and agree with. So first getting ultra clear on what you really want. And that usually means taking a step back and writing it out and reading it back to yourself to make Mm -hmm. sure it makes sense. Even something so simple, like from your kid's school and you want to communicate with the teacher, or if it's something at work and you have to have a conversation with a client or a vendor, and you know, you want something out of it. How can you convey that to someone who will understand it? And what I first go through is know who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. So the way you talk to a teacher who watches your kids all day versus a vendor who you're going to pay $10,000 to do X, Y, Z, you're going to talk to them differently. Mm -hmm. So know who you're, get really clear, know who you're talking to. And I love that age old saying, you get more flies with honey. Like if you come in hot and all over the place and an unmanaged mind, the chance of you getting what you want is zero because people pick up on that energy. So come in with the energy of service and gratitude. If you don't get it the first time, go back again, refocus, write it down, know who you're talking to and come into it with what are they going to get out of it? Because that's what everyone thinks. What am I going to get out of this? And if we just come with our like wants and needs and desires, so is the other person. And that's what we got to think about. Yeah. And I think that all goes into, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, everything we do is sales, you know? So that's what that is. As crazy as that sounds, if I want somebody to do what I need them to do, then coming at it in the perspective of what it's going to come for them that's all sales. That's all how you phrase it, you know, and, and whether it's a light sales or, or not, that's just what it is. Like, how can you get people to do what you want without sounding crazy? You've got to kind of work around it um, to just figure out the best way to say it. So it all sounds great. And this happens to me consistently as a wedding planner, dealing with vendors and dealing with brides, like, you know, it, and it happens more often than not, because I deal with rain and brides and rain and brides don't go together. Weather and brides. <laughs> don't right. go together. Right. Um, and I constantly have to deal with that. And so how I'm, I'm, I always sit there and I'm like, okay, how do I get this bride to understand and be okay with the fact that it's going to rain without telling her, no, you're crazy. And we have to do it inside because we have to, you know, and change your mm-hmm. whole entire vision of your wedding. And, and so, you know, the way we come at people is very important. I definitely love mm-hmm. that. So obviously as women, we overthink absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how can we stop that and just learn to make quick decisions instead to save ourselves the agony and the time? 
one thing I just thought of when you said the rain thing, which is mm-hmm. like crazy because it's like you're supposed to control the weather, which like obviously you can't. And and I might I make jokes throughout the whole wedding right. process, so I don't have to deal with the crazy on the day of, but I still get the crazy the day of. Yeah, to- <laughs> I'm sure. But I the last part I just thought of how is it going to be a win win for both people? And if you go into that, oh. how can I win and how can they win? It's got to be both. Mm-hmm. Okay. So overthinking, how do we stop? First, you got to like almost own up to it that you're doing it. So many people that I coach and even just people in my tribe, they're like, they don't even know that they're doing it. And that's a lot has to do with self-awareness and people not having, you know, having like, just don't, they don't know themselves as Mm -hmm. crazy as that sounds. They're not self-aware. And self-awareness is really the first and biggest step because it is the hardest step to realize what you're doing. And that's once you realize, and that's how you change it. We almost think like the tape running in our heads is like, you know, the Pope or like just the news, like we have no control over it. And that is completely untrue. So just knowing the tapes that you're playing in your head, seeing what they are, and of more importantly, how does it make you feel? Mm -hmm. If you feel overwhelmed, doubt, confusion, worry. These are all red flags from your system, giving you emotion that you don't feel well and you are overthinking and having like a poor quality of life. How to get out of that loop. Like you said, recognize you're doing it and making an effort to think different thoughts and questioning what you already think. So if you're already worried that like, this client's not going to pay on time or they really don't want it. And they said, yes, and I'm going to have to give a refund. All of those thoughts are optional and mm-hmm. write it down and question it. Do they really not want it? Do I really know they're not going to pay? Like what's the upside of me believing something negative? Because yeah. I always say like, even if they don't pay, what's the upside of believing that? Like you can go the next week and have faith in your client. You have faith in your services. You know, they're going to pay that energy will get you more clients than being negative the whole week. being like, they're not going to pay. Exactly. And so, you know, yeah. whenever something happens, I, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that so everything happens for a reason and mm-hmm. that some other door will open. And, you know, consistently throughout my life, I have always seen that. And I think it's because I believe that, you know, mm-hmm. instead of getting worried on the fact of, oh my God, this is happening. I'm just like, well, if it happens, it happens. This is just like a crazy mentality because I know a lot of people don't think like this, but I feel like I've, I don't know if I've always thought like this or this is just what it is. I'm like, I, I don't worry too, too much about things, which I know sounds kind of crazy. I'm just like, eh, that's tomorrow's Jessica's problem. And I talk about this all the time mm-hmm. on my podcast. I'm like, that's not my problem today. We'll worry about that tomorrow. And like my sister who is super worry work is like, I, she's like, I just don't understand. And I'm just like, well, there's nothing I can really do about it today. So if I can't do anything about it today, why am I going to worry? You know, and I firmly believe that if I don't get that contract or I don't get that client or I don't get whatever, that it's okay, that it wasn't intended for me and that bigger things will either come or it just really wasn't something that was going to fit me as much as I made myself think it was going to fit me. If it doesn't land, then there's a reason for that. And that is okay. And so I think that mental that mental note of that realization, like, it's okay. It's not a problem. You know, more things will come. Um, Yes. The positivity is definitely something. And that's hard for some people, because again, I think the most important thing that people are missing is that Mm self-awareness and learning to be more self-aware, which again, becomes an issue. And I think for me, the steps of becoming self-aware when I try to change something 
is more just first is realizing you're even doing it, which typically is pointed out by somebody else, not yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> and which you hate it when they point it out, right? Who doesn't hate being pointed out with their faults? Um, right. so that, and then as you start realizing that you're doing it, then for me, it's like, okay, now I realized I just did that, you know, and then little by little, you start realizing it more and more. And then that's how you can change it. It's not something that you can just change overnight. Cause most of the time we do things. So react, like it's just a reaction. I still overthink things, but I definitely think that that's huge. Yeah. I always think like, what's the upside of worrying or yeah. what's the upside of overthinking this? Like, what is it really getting me? And it's usually what I call a net negative, which yeah. means my result is not even what I want. So yeah. why keep doing that? And people don't know that their thoughts and their emotions are temporary. Mm-hmm. And we think just because we're stuck in this pattern, or I've always believed this, it's literally temporary. Overthinking only causes high blood pressure and gray mm-hmm. hairs. Let's go with that. Probably so many more negative things. Like <laughs> we could list yep. like 500 things. It's like yeah. so detrimental honestly if you get down to it yeah and and no one's perfect I'm not saying I'm great at it but the reality is I mean sometimes I tell them like I can't worry about this today I don't have the time the headspace or anything so you know but it it takes time to get there for sure but I think those three steps on self-awareness are are huge just once you finally realize it then you'll slowly start stopping yourself and then that means that you can change it you know so what are your four steps for like to just to stop comparing and procrastinating Um, So we can actually just feel better and do more. Yeah. So this is like an epidemic in our country, as you might know, especially with the rise of social media and how we all interact. So Mm -hmm. if you notice yourself in the environment, like whenever I pick up the phone, because I'm bored and I start scrolling, I'm like, I know in about 10 seconds, I'm going to feel like shit because (laughs) I'll see this one doing that and that one's in Greece and this one's whatever it is. So first taking yourself out of that environment or scheduling it. Like I literally schedule social media on my calendar, like anything else, because if I go into it all day, you will just be ping ponging your emotions back and forth. Mm -hmm. So also knowing that watching somebody's still picture is not the same as living real life and interacting and doing things. So you're watching somebody's highlight reel that is like curated. You don't see when they're yelling at their kids, when their house is messy, like all those things. Yep. So first knowing the environment you're in and then scheduling it or taking yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. And also like when I work with entrepreneurs who are at all different levels, they see your end result, and they're not there. So then they think something's wrong with them mm-hmm. and they'll start comparing and feel like crap. And then you start procrastinating. It's like yeah. one leads to the next. So just knowing your season of where you are and enjoying that and not comparing yourself to somebody who's 25 steps ahead of you. And then thinking something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. the only person you can really compare yourself against is yourself. Um, And then on top of that, just knowing that everyone's different, like everyone's Mm -hmm. living a different life. Everyone has had different challenges. So I love that. And in terms of scheduling social media, 
I don't schedule social media, but something I do, I did on my phone, which are all of our iPhones, you know, you can do that. I'm sure the galaxies have that as well, the Samsungs, but is putting a limit. So once mm-hmm. I hit that limit, um, which I have it for an hour on mm-hmm. all social media platforms, which is pretty hard because I use Instagram for right. work. So I go yeah. in there, I do what I have to do, and then I get out. So I have time later. And again, mm-hmm. this is for all of my social media. So this includes uh, my Facebook, my Instagram, my Pinterest, which I absolutely adore because I am part of that generation. Um, mm-hmm. I have a TikTok and, and a Snapchat, but I don't use those as much. I'm sad to say my messenger is also on there. And I want to say I'm like missing like one or two more, but like all of those social medias are packaged together in a limit on a daily basis. And it tells me, and I, yeah. I watch it and I have that screen report where it tells me how much screen time I've had in the week. Yeah. And I look at those things because I'm just like, I, I need to, I feel like I need to make sure that I limit it because the amount of time I spend with my kids is more important than the time I spend on my phone. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what's going to tell me if I did a good job in life or not. Not how many likes my Instagram page has, but how many lives my kids end up impacting one day because mm-hmm. of the time and effort I've put into them. So, and those decisions are hard, but I think, you know, as, as mothers, hopefully we can all put that one for sure in mm-hmm. front, but I just, I, it's true. We all sit there. We all compare. We all do this. We all do that. It's so hard. Do you notice the difference when you are under your time limit for the day or when you go over, like how much you get done in a day, like your mood, like what do you notice? Yeah. So for me, I try to keep myself, I keep myself overly busy. You know, this podcast is my passion project and I spend a lot of time on it. Mm-hmm. And then I have a business, I have twins, I have a dog, I have a husband, like, and I also work out four times a week. And so mm-hmm. people are always like, how do you do it? And I'm like, well, because I don't waste any time. And if I have a day where I'm super busy and I feel, and I'm productive, then I feel better than if I'm sitting around lounging and looking mm-hmm. at, you know, social media or spending time doing nothing, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not going to say that I don't have my downtime because I do. Once the kids go to bed, in most cases, I work for a little bit. And then I'll spend time with my husband some nights and some nights I spend time by myself, whether it's journaling or watching something I want to watch or doing nothing is definitely something that I prefer. You know, silence is golden in my house when the kids are asleep. So I'm super excited about silence. I love silence, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I don't get it often. But yeah, my moods will definitely change. I I mean, we all do, right? We all know how it works. We all know that social media is bad for us, yet we spend so much time on it. Yeah. And Facebook's goal is to get you on the screen on for yeah. as long as you can. So it's going to show you stuff mm-hmm. to keep you emotions ping-ponging. Like, I feel great. I want to do this. Oh my God, look at her. She's such a bitch. Oh my God, I should like, it just goes back and forth to get exactly. you to keep going. So and knowing it that. gives you notification. Like, I hate having notification bubbles. I'm uh-huh. one of those people because obviously type A, right? You have to have it all done. Right. And so when I see a notification bubble, I go on. And that was my thing. I would yeah. go on and I'm like, oh, let me check this notification. Mode. And it was nothing. It was that somebody had posted, yeah. like, it was nothing I was tagged in. It was nothing <laughs> I had to do with me. It was just because somebody posted something or something now with the marketplace, something's on for sale or like mm-hmm. something ridiculous. And I'm just like, this thing is constantly making me go on because it knows that I like to check my notification. It knows. I know it. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and Did you shut it off? Like, yeah, you shut I off turned your off the notifications. Okay. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I don't, I, I'm just like, I'm just like, why am I, go- because you waste time and you go on and you're wasting time and it's, oh, it's such a crazy thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hundred percent. That's the easiest way definitely to stop comparing your life and procrastinating for sure. And we all know it, but I think it's taking the steps so that we no longer do it. Um, mm-hmm. Because even though we know it, 
sometimes we don't take those action steps. Um, yeah. So whether it's limiting your time or keeping yourself busy enough so you don't have the time or whatever it is, um, that's going to obviously make us all hopefully uh, better. Mm -hmm. So I know you have a system in place on how to ditch the to-do list forever. I was very interested about this because I am yeah. a, a to-do list queen. So what's the easiest way to start and finish a goal here? Yeah. So the to-do list is like an American obsession. And we, it's what I found when I would do to-do list is you just keep adding to it Yeah. or whatever you don't finish, you just drag to the next day or yeah. you skip over something you don't feel like doing sure. <laughs> or it's too big. And we, I was trained when I got my life coach training, they taught us a way called Monday hour one, which basically takes your to-do list. You do a thought download on Sunday or Monday. You sit there. I easily do 30 minutes, every single thing I want to do. And I think about it in terms of results that I want to create, not just stuff to do. So you write everything down, including the results. If it's like, I want to talk to 10 new prospects this week. Mm -hmm. and, and then you have to break down what has to happen to that. I have to go into five Facebook groups. I have to send six emails. I have to text three people, whatever it is. Yeah. You then get your calendar out and you schedule every single yeah. thing on your calendar. Yeah. But the key is you do your personal time and your self, I don't want to say self-care, but maybe self-care things first, mm -hmm. go on the calendar first. If you want to get your hair done, your nails, go eat lunch, meet with friends, that goes on first. Because mm -hmm. what happens is we'll take our to-do list, throw it on, and then we'll feel bad because we put ourselves last or we didn't take care of ourselves. Yeah. So that's a schedule first is a must going from what you're going to create and the results versus what just to do. Cause at the end of the to-do list, what have you created? More to do. Yes. Cause it's like a self-fulfilling cycle <laughs> yeah. of like shit to do. So if you go from the result and work back at the end of the week, you'll have created something. Yeah. I can totally see that. I definitely don't schedule self-care first. I typically schedule work and things that have to yeah. get done first. And so, yeah, there's some weeks where I finish the week and I'm super overwhelmed and I wonder why. And it's because I look back and I'm like, I've done nothing that I wanted to do for me. So that's definitely a tactic I can definitely uh, fly with. I love my to-do list. So dropping my to-do list might take me some time and some yeah. self-awareness here, um, but I am a to-do list queen. But I like that. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's right. And I get told, you know, and we all say it all the time. Self-care is more important. How we feel is more important. I would feel more, probably more fulfilled if I took more time for myself and then, mm -hmm. you know, did what I could for work and things like that. But, you know, it's, it's yeah. hard too. And I, I totally understand that. So what are the steps that you have for succeeding in your first year of business? God, these are hard questions. Now, um, what is that? <laughs> I'll give you some highlights for that one, because that's like a little more entailed. But yeah. in your first year, it's like the hardest year ever, mm -hmm. because you you like have to manage all your thoughts and your emotions versus actually doing stuff also to move yeah. the needle. And we may have no de no idea on what to do for each. So the first year is like, all about, I think, data collecting and like trying new things, showing up even if you're scared or even if you think it's a failure, doing it anyway. 
getting the experience, evaluating. That's like such a huge thing I do with my clients. We have to evaluate every single week what we did, Mm -hmm. what we got from it, what we didn't get, what I need to change, and then do it again. So there's no like perfect plan or anything for anyone. You got to just get in there and build up the resilience of trying things, failing, learning, and doing it again. And so many people want to avoid that. Like, well, failure isn't something that we're taught, you know, it's something that's learned. And it's something that in most cases, we, they, we try to even shelter our own children from, mm-hmm. from receiving. And it's, it's such a normal part of life. Um, that I don't, you know, for, I mean, I don't like failure. Nobody likes failure, but that's, that's part of it. You know, to me, yeah. it isn't so much about the failure. It's what you do after mm-hmm. that makes the biggest difference, you know, and the same for winning just because you won doesn't mean anything, you know, mm-hmm. and being, I was in a huge sales company before where, you know, sales was it and work was it. And, you know, and I won number one, three years in a row. And it's exactly that. It's not the fact that someone wins that year it's what they do after mm-hmm. and showing the consistency that you can do it again in in and out that's what shows success you know yeah. so that's huge and you wrote something down that i think is just i mean sorry you said something and i wrote it down because i don't want to forget but collecting data your first year of business that's mm-hmm. huge when i first opened up ebj that's one of the first things i did i'm like where are all my lead sources coming from mm-hmm. and when i found where the leads were coming from and i found which ones were the ones i wanted it was easier for me to put the money towards marketing in those areas and taking out from other ones. But at first it did cost me some to have to go into every single source to then figure out which is the most profitable for me, which one works the best for me. And then now having been seven years in business, I can tell you, I'm like, well, my money's going to go here and that's about it because this is where they come from. But that data collecting, had I not done that, had I not spent the time to make the stupid Excel and keep track of all the clients and see where all the money was coming from, then I wouldn't have known that, you know, and right. I would be aimlessly spending money, hoping to get something versus yeah. now my, my money goes towards very strategic sources. You mm-hmm. probably did this too in your first year, but be willing to do it messy. Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect. No. And I what? always could say, I wrote down, say yes, like say yes to every. Yes. Um, and I wrote yeah. that one down because a lot of people are like, well, I can't do that. And I'm like, yeah, you know how many things people have come up to me that I don't know if I can do or not. And I just do it. Yeah. Just you do know? it. <laughs> I'll figure it out, you know? Yeah. And again, that's part of my personality. I know, but like, that's how it has to be. You'll just figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. when you're under pressure, you figure out a lot of things. Yeah. So many people don't even put their toe even close to the game and get in because mm-hmm. they're so afraid of that. Yeah. And that is like the saddest story ever. Like, yeah. And you could be afraid because I, I don't think that being afraid is a bad feeling. I think on the, on the contrary to me, being afraid sometimes pushes me to do, to do things better because mm-hmm. I'm so afraid that I'm like, Oh shoot, this has to be perfect. And I spend so much time to ensure that I at least know or have everything as, as best as I can before mm-hmm. I move forward. But it's how you use your emotions that makes the biggest difference. A hundred percent. You've got to say yes. You've got to get your results in. You know, you have to spend money to make money, but be smart about how you're spending your money. I think that's huge. And I know you said a few more that were absolutely great, but of course I can only write down so quickly yeah. my notes. <laughs> the other thing you just made me think of is whenever I'm scared or I don't want to do it, I know I'm on the right track. Most people will go the other way. Yeah. But if I'm like, I don't want to do this. This is hard. This is annoying. I have to learn all this. I'm scared. 
then you go toward that and you will have like way more confidence, everything you need to just move to the next part. And it goes all to back. Like if you, if you're scared more than likely, it's probably because you're overthinking it too. If you just actually sat down and looked at it or did something or researched it for like a second, you would feel probably so much better. Mm -hmm. Um, but some people are, they get caught up in the thought of thinking about it, that they don't actually research or look into anything. And then, so they just stay scared. And it's like, well, look it up. It's probably not as bad as you think. If you could give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? No, look at old pictures of myself. And I'm like, (laughs) why did you worry so much? Mm -hmm. Or like, it just doesn't matter. Like, just enjoy whatever you can. Like you're here for such a short time. You get to interact with other humans. You get to do all of these amazing things when you're on this earth, like Mm -hmm. just enjoy this or, and more importantly, be present. Yeah. Because when I was here, I wanted to be somewhere else. When I'm now here, I'm like dreaming of there. So that's a practice that I wish I started way earlier. Being present is something that a lot of us don't do these days. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people don't do because they're caught up or their brain isn't, you know, like you're just not there. And it's like, you can be so much more productive if you were just present, if you just stayed focused. Mm-hmm. Today, I'm going to focus X amount of time on work and X amount of time on my kids and X amount of time on myself. And blah, blah, blah. And if you just did that, solely that, and just put your focus and your energy into the times that you said, you would be so much more productive. And everybody else would thank you for it too, because your kids would be like, mm-hmm. oh, I got mommy 100%. Was only for an. They don't know if it's only for an hour because their time, their time, their thoughts on yeah. time are terrible. <laughs> you know, it's like it's right. just so it's so different. It's so captivating um, for them when you can give them a hundred percent versus fifty percent for two hours. You know, mm-hmm. um, totally. so I I definitely love love that. That's what's great. So this wouldn't obviously be though the Boss Babies and Bottles podcast if I didn't ask you what was your favorite drink or bottle. I love iced espresso okay. with almond milk uh, look at you all fancy and some sugar i actually drink that too do you okay <laughs> i don't drink coffee but whenever i need to because obviously now i have twins you know so yeah not every day am i this lively um yeah. now i'm sleeping a little bit more but it was different at the beginning and so my husband would make me the, his espresso but i can't drink that thing like that so then we added almond milk ice a little bit of sugar, sugar yeah. that's what i drink yeah yeah i love it how old are your twins now 11 months 11 months. Oh my gosh. My twins are four. I told you I have twins, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just turned four. Yeah. Well, you remember the 11 months. You were in the worst part of ever, ever, anything ever. I don't know. I'm not going to be negative. You know, I would say the worst part for me was definitely the beginning. It was the hardest thing I had ever done. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm just like, ah, we're cool. Like I got, I mean, I don't know. No one should ever say I got this, right? <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, I, you know, I got this. I mean, now yeah. they started walking. So, you know, my workouts, I have a second workout every day. Right. Chasing, my chasing them. Yeah. Chasing my children. Um, but it's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's whatever. <laughs> are they your first? Yeah. They right? are our first. Yeah. Okay. They're our first. So, uh, I mean, my husband's technically my first or my dog is technically my first right. and my husband and now my twins, but you know, first, first actual kids. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Super exciting. So Thank you so much, of course, for joining me. That was absolutely great. And ladies, this is all about getting what you want um, out of whatever it is that you want, whether it's work, whether it's life. 
it's finding that structure, it's finding that self-awareness, it's finding whatever works for you. But I think my key thing with everything, it's just, you know, being self-aware and, and really working towards what you want, you know, and what is it becoming very clear as to what you want. And yes, taking out as much as possible that negative, the negative thoughts, because that really will take you farther back than you actually think. Thank you, Stephanie, for joining us. I really, really appreciate it on our Boss Babies and Bottles episode today. Make sure to check out the next one. We'll see you girls later. Thank you, as always, for your love and support. The Breathe 3 podcast wouldn't be anything without you. Make sure if you haven't already, please subscribe and review the podcast. And make sure to look me up on Instagram at ebjevents or canal.twins to stay up to date on upcoming special events and exciting announcements I might have. See you on the next one.